What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Gridiron Fantasy Football Podcast. Today is Friday, August 14th, 2020. And of course, I'm your host, Chip. Thank you so much for listening. And if you're a new listener, thank you so much for joining us as well. Please share this podcast. You can find us on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. If you'd like to watch us, you can watch over at YouTube at Gridiron Fantasy Football. So please don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss another episode. And for today's episode, I was going to do another mock draft. And with all the all the news that broke this week, I decided to switch it up and actually do my must-have tight ends for 2020 because there's some big news that came out of of San Francisco and Kansas City the other day. And you know, George Kittle signs an extension with the 49ers for a five-year $75 million extension. Big money, the biggest you know, contract for any tight end in history of the NFL. So, you know, this guy is a must-have on your roster in a sense of for the 49ers. I mean, he is a do-it-all tight end. He's elite, and it's good that they locked him up for the foreseeable future. Then once George Kittle signed, you saw Travis Kelsey sign. So Travis Kelsey signs a four-year, $57 million extension with the Chiefs, which puts him through 2025 which the Chiefs are doing exactly what they need to do. They are trying to keep every elite player they can on offense and defense. I mean, they're putting big money out there, but you can see that they're trying to keep that core of players there so they can start going for multiple championships after last year. And I think Travis Kelsey, there's always this debate about Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, who's the better tight end. I personally would always choose Travis Kelsey over George Kittle. I think I think George Kittle is an overall better tight end um, from a just talent standpoint. But I think Travis Kelsey is the better offensive weapon because he's in a better offense. So if I had to choose between Jimmy Garoppolo or Patrick Mahomes, I'm taking the I'm taking the tight end that has Patrick Mahomes. And this is a you know people can argue this all the time, but I still would choose Travis Kelsey over George Kittle. Even in my rankings this year, George uh, Travis Kelsey is my number one tight end. So I think it's, uh, I'm not going to really, you're splitting hairs who you think is better, George Kittle or Travis Kelsey, but my preference would be Travis Kelsey. But um, two huge extensions for the two best tight ends in the league. Congrats to them. They deserve it. So hopefully we get multiple years of just elite performances from these guys. I mean, these guys are fun to watch. And then more Chiefs news today. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was was the feature back at the Chiefs practice today. So I think that we obviously knew that this was going to be the case. We knew that once Damian Williams opted out for the 2020 season, we knew Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was going to be the feature back. Now, it was said, obviously, Andy Reid has said that things weren't perfect. You know, he's a rookie still trying to learn things as he goes. So, of course, there's going to be hiccups along the way. But it just goes to show that he's going to be drafted high. He's meant to be drafted high because he definitely is going to get the opportunities. That's what I've been saying all along. Once he got Damian Williams out of the way in a sense of him opting out, the workload is there. Yeah, they do have DeAndre Washington to kind of be that guy for maybe, you know, throw down, you know, utilization, everything like that. But I do think having him in practice being the feature back is only going to obviously help him. So I think it's still, I'm still concerned for him to see how he's going to do in real, you know, in the real season. You know, once, once this, you know, because everyone says once you transition from college to the NFL, the game is a lot faster. So I hope that he's able to transition seamlessly. So if he can, you know, obviously you drafted him high in your draft is going to be a plus, but um, it's good to see that he's been obviously, the, you know, being the feature back in practice. 
And then there's reports out of Chicago that indicate that Mitch Trubisky will be the week one starter over Nick Foles. Obviously, this is not a shocker just like anything else. Nick Foles got traded to the to the Bears from the Jags. And it's one of those things where Mitch Trubisky knows the offense. He's been the starter for a few years now. So it's not a shocker that he would be probably the favorite to win the job. Now, he is on a very short leash. So I don't see him. One, you know, one mistake from Mr. Bisky, they're going to put Nick Foles in. They're just trying to find the, the time and the place to do it. So Nick Foles, I think, is a guy that I would still draft in, in my league. Because if, if you play in deeper leagues, I would rather draft, if I already have my quarterbacks, I would draft Nick Foles as someone I would want to have on my roster. Just because once Mr. Bisky goes down, there's going to be someone in your league who may need, and this is especially for like two quarterback leagues, that you're going to need to have someone as a starter. So I know in my leagues that I play two quarterbacks, it's nice to have that depth. I usually carry three to four quarterbacks. So every year I try to draft, like last year I drafted, or the year, in 2018, you know, Tyrod Taylor was the Brown starter going into the season, but I went ahead and drafted Baker Mayfield. And my quarterbacks that year were Mr. Bisky, Patrick Mahomes, and Baker Mayfield. I think you have to look at it that way in your drafts that, Yes, Mitch Trubisky will be the starter. Now, if you're in a one-quarterback league, it doesn't matter. You're not going to draft Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles. But it's for those leagues that play in maybe 16-team leagues or play in a two-quarterback league. I still will draft Nick Foles over Mitch Trubisky, just from my point of view. And then the Patriots signed running back Lamar Miller and then placed him on the PUP list. He is coming back from an ACL injury, so obviously they're, they're just being careful with him, which... Once once he signed, it really took away from the uh, stock of Damian Harris. But now that he's now Lamar Jackson or Lamar Miller has been put on the PUP list, you still have to be your focus has to be on Damian Harris still because if if Lamar Miller's not ready for the season, well, Sony Michelle's not ready for the season. Damian Harris seems to be the guy to draft. So I would still have Damian Harris on your radar. Now, obviously, this changes if Lamar Miller comes off the PUP before September then Lamar Miller is the running back to own for the Patriots. And then Josh Jacobs uh, came out and said his goal this year was to catch 60 passes this year. And I think, obviously, that's a great goal. I hope that that's John Gruden's goal as well because we've been hearing this all, all along that they want to get Josh Jacobs part of the offense in the passing game. And it just never came about last year. So I, I said in my last podcast, if you listen to my last podcast with my must-have running backs, Josh Jacobs was one of them because – even though he had only 27 targets on in 20 receptions, I feel like even if he doubled his number in receptions and got 40 this year, he's going to be a solid RB1. And now the fact that if he is able to get 60, I mean, it's not a lot of running backs last year had more than 60 receptions, but if he can, he is solid. So I would definitely still draft Josh Jacobs um, and be comfortable with that because he's going to be a guy that I think wants to be a better all-around player in a sense of pass catching ability and being part of the pass uh, passing offense. I just hope that they they start making that offense cater around what he can do out of the backfield from a ca- pass catching standpoint. And last in coaching news, the Bills extended Sean McDermott for four years. So this is a well-deserved extension. He is creating a great winning culture in Buffalo. Now they've made the playoffs two out of the last three years. He's been the coach. So why not extend him? You know, the, they're obviously now favored to win the AFC East. So I think, you know, to, to, to extend Sean McDermott is really a, a you know, just a, a benefit because he is going to be 
a winning coach with that team. I think that they have the good a good core amount of players in there that could win. Can they compete with the the Ravens and the Chiefs? I don't think so, but the fact of the matter is is that they're they're starting to bring that culture back in Buffalo and he's he's the he's the anchor for that. So uh, it's good that he got extended. He he really was well deserved. So with all the news that we that I just went over, now it's time to jump into my must own tight ends for the season. Um, obviously, this is based on value and upside. I don't I don't put guys like Travis Kelsey and George Kittle in this conversation because obviously they're must own tight ends. Like you want to have those guys if you're able to draft them. But I think that the guys I'm about to name do have serious value and upside. Now, the two guys I'm going to name, I have three guys on my list. I got two guys that I think are definite must-have tight ends. But then the one, my third one is a guy who's a he's a late flyer. He's a guy that potentially could have this 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 great season. Um, but he's a guy that I that I I'm still kind of on the fence about. But I think he's someone to talk about just to have on your radar, just in case. You don't have a tight end that you have that you want to draft. All the tight ends that you want to draft are gone. This may be a guy that you could use and hopefully have some serious upside with. So my first must-have tight end for this year is Mark Andrews. I know that he's now he's ranked third on my list. On my ranking, he's third. But he's a guy that ended the season last year as a tight end five. His, you know, he, he last year he had 64 receptions on nine on 98 targets for 852 yards and 10 touchdowns. So he led the league in tight ends with touchdowns with 10. So he led the league or he led the Ravens with 23% of the target share in air yards. You know, he obviously had a breakout season last year. And the thing is, he was super efficient. Now, he only played 44% of the Ravens snaps. So when you got a guy who has that good of numbers and 44% of the snaps, obviously that's extremely efficient. So obviously when he was in the game, he was targeted. And with that being the case, he, he only, I mean, he played 66% of the snaps from the slot and he led all tight ends with 51 receptions from the slot. So obviously they're trying to utilize him as a mismatch. And it showed last year, you know, he, he continued to be the, you know, Jackson's top target overall. Um, and top red zone target with uh, with when Andrews in the game. That's where Lamar Jackson went, especially in the red zone. Now you know, obviously Andrews is great against man coverage. He's able to create separation. You know, I know that most people are a little down on Lamar Jackson's passing ability, but I really think that Lamar Jackson has a better season this year from a passing standpoint. I think he becomes a. I think he runs less but passes more. I think he becomes more efficient. I think he becomes you know a guy that we can see still throw for 37 touchdowns the only thing i think a little concern i have with mark andrews is that i think marquise marquise brown actually emerges this year i think he's another breakout guy that could take some targets away from mark andrews but as we saw i mean he is always mark andrews is always targeted in the red zone i mean all of his touchdowns came in the red zone so i think that we're gonna see someone like marquise brown stretch the field and maybe have long plays for touchdowns but i think when it comes down to Anything inside the 20, Mark Andrews is the guy. And I still think that Mark Andrews has the potential to be a top five tight end. Um, you know, and obviously it's favorable that he has the strength of schedule that he has. He has one of the easiest strength of schedules. So that also benefits him as well. So I think that, you know, Mark Andrews definitely is something that you're going to have to draft early. But I don't think you'd be disappointed if you do get him because he definitely has the potential to be a, a great tight end this year again. Now, my second guy I have on my list is Mike Jasicki. 
Now, I know this is kind of one of those odd picks, but you know, last year he ended the season as the tight end 12. Right now, he's on my ranking as the t- my tight end 11. You know, last year he had 51 receptions on 89 targets for 734 yards and three touchdowns. Now, he did have 15% of the target share behind Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. Well, now if you look at what happened with Miami right now, they lost Allen Hearns. They lost Albert Wilson doing the opting out of the, you know, opting out of the season for this year. And then you look at Preston Williams. He is not completely healthy and it's not sure that he's going to actually start week one. So where are the targets going to be? The targets are going to have to go to Devontae Parker and they have to go to Mike Jasicki. So I think that right now he is primed to have a breakout season. Now, with all that being said, that's why I'm big on Mike Jasicki this year because of what I just mentioned. I mean, how can he not break out if they they use him? Obviously, that he's the second guy in line right now for targets if Preston Williams isn't there. So, I mean, last year, he played most of his snaps from the slot. He, he laid all tight ends with 72% of his snaps coming from the slot. So that's also a benefit because he's a big physical mismatch tight end. And then you add also add Chan Gailey to the mix where he's known for utilizing a tight end position. And last year, Mike Tzatziki had 10 end zone targets with four touchdowns. So, you know, he's obviously being targeted in the red zone. And then also his depth of target, his average depth of target was 11 and a half yards. So if that's, that's something that is beneficial for a guy that you want as a tight end, a guy that is in the slot, can create a mismatch, then also he's being stretched down the field. I mean, that's definitely all positives. And also, why not see a positive touchdown regression for Mike Tzatziki? I mean... He had four touchdowns last year, but I think he has more opportunities this year with, especially with the receivers being opted out of the season. So just like Mark Andrews, he does have another favorable strength of schedule. So with that, I mean, he's great value at the tight end. He's somebody that if you can't get somebody like Kelsey, Kittle, Andrews, Waller, I think Mike Jasicki is a great, you know, guy to wait, wait back on in the draft, fill your depth of your roster and grab him late. I think that's a great thing because then, you can possibly get a guy that's obviously great value and can be a great, a grab. you can grab him late and have tight end one upside. So I personally think Mike Jasicki is going to have a great season. You know, this is all just my opinion, obviously, but I do think that there's things lining up. Now, if, if Preston Williams was starting the season healthy, Alan Hearns was still there. Albert Wilson was still there. Yes. I probably won't be choosing Mike Jasicki as a, as a must have tight end, but things are lining up so much for him. So I think that's, that's the potential of him going going off this year. Now, my third tight end. Now, this, like I said, this is a, a must-have flyer tight end. This is a guy that I personally like. Um, so my number three bonus tight end that I'm having for my must-have tight ends is Noah Fant. Now, last year, he ended the season as the tight end 16. Right now, he's ranked right now at 14. You know, last year, he had 40 receptions on 59 targets and 562 yards with three touchdowns. Now, Noah Fant led all rookie tight ends in receptions, targets, and receiving yards. Now, his yards after catch per reception was first in the NFL with 8.3 yards. Now, he lined up in the slot 30% of the time. Now, now Fant was looking like after, after last season, before the draft and before free agency, Noah Fant looked to be the number two target for Drew Locke. However, obviously, when they added Jerry Judy, they added Melvin Gordon, you know, obviously two guys that are going to take targets away from, from Noah Fant. You know, that, that's unfortunate because I will eat into his targets. But last year in the tight end position, they they totaled 90, you know, the tight end position for the Denver Broncos totaled 95 targets. 
So I still think there's still potential there with Noah fans to actually do something with those targets. I know that being in the new system, you know, Pat Shermer's there now. So I, I hope that that helps increase some of his target share, which I'll get to in a second. But like, I just think there's enough targets there at the tight end position where Noah Fant can be efficient and hopefully have a season that, that Mark Andrews had where you don't have to have a lot of snaps or a lot of targets or receptions. Just be very efficient, hopefully in the red zone. So with that being said, I mean, I, I do think that the addition of Pat Shermer will help Fant, especially if Shermer uses Fant like he used Evan Ingram in New York. You know, when, when Ingram, Ingram saw 20% of the target share under Shermer, which if that happens with Fant and he plays more you know, snaps in the slot, you're going to see mismatches. You're going to see favorable things happen with Noah Fant when it comes to touchdowns and everything like that. So I think he's going to flourish. I think with Pat Shermer, they're going to know how to use him. Because I do think like with Jerry Judy being a rookie receiver, it's hard for rookie receivers to adapt to the NFL. Obviously, now with the offseason being the way it is, I do think that Noah Fant will still be the number, one, number two target right now until Melvin Gordon gets acclimated. Obviously, you know, Jerry Judy. But obviously, Cortland Sutton is going to be the number one guy. But I do see Noah Fant still doing something with that. I mean, he's very athletic, and he's a mismatch and can create big plays. I mean, last year, he did tie Travis Kelsey with the most receptions for 40 yards with three. So... He definitely can get down the field. He's definitely a fast guy. He's definitely athletic. So he may be a boomer bust guy for you this year, but he's someone to look, you know, have on your radar just because you're always trying to find that guy that you get for cheap in the draft, but could have that upside. So he, like I said, he may not be a week to week starter for you, but he definitely can be a guy based on how they utilize him. So that's why I have him kind of as a bonus tight end with, you know, with, with Mark Andrews and Mike Jasicki being like my, my two must have tight ends. I think Noah Fant is a guy that you could definitely grab and be happy with, hopefully, you know, with with the things that are going on in that offense. So there you have it. Those are my must-own tight ends for 2020. I have Mark Andrews, Mike Jasicki, and Noah Fant. If you have any, you know, any other players that come to mind, you know, please leave a comment. I would love to discuss that with you guys. So thank you so much for listening today. Uh, so I want you to please like and comment and share on these on these YouTube videos and also on the on the podcast because uh, I'm going to be doing a jersey giveaway before the season starts. I have a signed jersey that will be given away to one of the listeners. Um, some of the details are going to be uh, brought out in a couple weeks, but I just want to put that initial um, just notice out there that I will be giving away one of you lucky listeners who've been very faithful to, to this podcast from the time we started that I want to, I want to give you guys something. So I have a Jersey that I'm going to give away. So like I said, those details will come in the next coming weeks. But like I said, if you can just please just share this podcast with your friends and family, I'll be very grateful Uh, on the next episode. I'll be doing another mock draft. I'm going to post that tomorrow. It is a two quarterback, uh, 10 team mock draft. I think it's another dynamic for, leagues out there i know for me i play in a two quarterback league um now my quarter my my leagues is an auction league so it's a little different so but the setup will be two quarterbacks and it's gonna be a snake draft with 10 teams because it's kind of hard to be able to do a 12 team two quarterback draft because there's not enough quarterbacks for that so that'll be dropping tomorrow so please don't hit don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss that episode tomorrow um if you want to find us on social media you can find us on twitter and facebook at the gridiron pod and on Instagram at Good on Fantasy Football. So that's it for today. Have a great day. And thank you so much for listening. See you all in the next episode. Take care.